I am so excited for you because I've gotten to experience the ministry of Darren and Jane all weekend, and now you get to. So it's amazing. They are church planters, uh, pastors of churches for many, many years, been married a long time. I'll let them tell you about it. But they're, uh, they're a part of our uh, consulting team that helps us learn how to do things better, how to make things better, how to be more strategic and everything. And uh, if I could just brag on Jane for just a second, because at their last church where Darren was the executive pastor, a good friend of mine, Rod Ketterling, uh, okay, they're a big church. They're a large multi-site. And, but Jane oversaw 4,500 volunteers. That was her ministry. Think about that. We have 270 unique volunteers at this campus. Now we have a whole bunch more at all the other campuses. I am just saying, can you imagine overseeing 4,500 volunteers? That's impressive, right? Anyway, give them a big hand as they come up here. <laughs> Thank you for being with us all week and this weekend. Oh, and tonight at team night, Darren's yes. going to share uh, there as well. So. We'll talk more about that at the end, but yeah. God bless you guys. Love you. Love, Love you. you. I'm very thankful for your pastor. Come on, everybody, right? Woo! Man, it's good to see you. Is the uh, 1045 service alive? Come on, somebody, right? Yeah, we got to be louder than that 9 o'clock service, right? So everybody's up and you had an extra cup of coffee. We love that we get to be here. We love your church. We love your pastors. And uh, we're from Minnesota. How many know anytime you're in San Diego in February, it's way better, right? So Mike is like, when do you want to come? I said, we'll come sometime in the winter, like three times. And um, it's just amazing. It's exciting. We, uh, we flew out Wednesday night, and it was uh, uh, where we live. Uh, we lived in the Twin Cities area. It was, it was minus five. And where we landed here, it was 55. So that's a good 60-degree swing right there, right? I know you guys are all, like, wearing jackets and everything, but we rented a convertible. True story. We rented a convertible <laughs> because we're in San Diego, right? So we are the only one. If you see a convertible with its top down, it's us driving around. We were doing it yesterday afternoon and by the ocean and stuff, and it's awesome because it's got those, those booty warmers, you know, the, the heat warmers. We had those things on high and just enjoying it, and it's it's a lot of fun. And I, uh, Pastor Mike mentioned we, uh, we work, uh, we're part-time serving on a staff of a great church in the North, North Twin Cities area, multi-site church, and, and get to serve on their uh, executive team there. But now in our new season, we're also working with uh, three or four churches. We call them partner churches. New Break's one of them around the country. And I just want to let you know, if you don't know, did you know that you're part of a great church? Come on, somebody, right? You are. You are. I mean that. Sometimes... Sometimes we're in the inside, we don't always see that, but God's doing great things in this church, and we truly believe the best is yet to come. So it's a great place to serve, to give, to worship, to build relationships, to be in life groups, all that kind of stuff, because it just is flourishing and it's touching the world. So I love what we get to be a part of. We're going to talk about marriage dreams. I know the church has been in a series, Cultivate. And um, that's incredible, it's an incredible series on relationships. We're going to talk about this a little bit. And um, I'm going to, uh, if you want to start the countdown clock so I won't go forever, that'd be good. Thank you so much. And um, it's, it's awesome what uh, we get to be a part of in this series alone. But I just, I wanted to say before we jump into just the whole topic of marriage, because it will be a primary focus of this weekend, 
Uh, I just want to say for all of us, whether you are a single adult, whether you are not married, whether you used to be married, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, I just I want to share this with you. It might be in your notes. It'll jump up on the screen as well. Is that it? Just I want to ask you this question: What dreams do do I have for the most important relationships in my life? What dreams do I have for my most important relationships? Because no matter what season of life you find yourself in, no matter whether you are married or single or a young person or a young adult, whatever you are, you have important relationships in your life. And I just want to challenge you this morning that you would have dreams for those. Because what I believe, what I've realized, even in within the context of what God wants to do in our lives, dreams usually involve hope. And when hope is stirring inside of our most important relationships, incredible things come to pass. Somebody say amen. Amen? It's just so true. So I encourage you, what, what, what dreams do I have for my most important relationships? Because they are so vital. They are so special. And Jane's going to share in just, just a minute here. I wanted to share an opening scripture because it talks about kind of our resource and our heart and our treasure. It's uh, Matthew chapter 6. Look it up with me. It says, and I love this verse. It may be brand new to some of us. You may have heard it many times, but I love it. For where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your, there your heart will be also. I like the message paraphrase as well. It says this, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be. And I love this, and end up being. So when you see the word treasure, it's not just monetary. Think of your most precious resources. Whatever the resources are that are in your life that you most value, that is your treasure. Yes, monetary money is part of it, but our relational bandwidth, our emotional passion, all those kind of things. So wherever we're saying, I love this so much, that's where your heart's going to be. And it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be incredible. So uh, Jane's going to share a few thoughts and tell you a little bit about us and who we are. Uh, love you so much. You're awesome. So here we go. We are so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. And I just want to echo some of what Darren said. Um, whether you are single or married, I believe that God has something he wants to share with you today. And um, in order to receive from God, we have to have open hearts and minds and an attentive posture. So I just pray that all of us um, would not um, throw up any barriers thinking, well, marriage doesn't apply to me. I think that there's going to be something that God wants to say to you today. And so I pray that you will kind of lean in and just um, be attentive and open to what God wants to say to you today, no matter where you are in your relationships. So I just want to share a little bit about us. We have been married for 32 years. Woo, woo, woo. That's right. 16 and 13 when we started. Yes. <laughs> Actually, not far off. We're though, not really far off. We were legal. We were legal. Yeah, we though. were legal. Yeah. Um, you want to put on the picture? Sure. Okay. So here's a picture of our family. We started just the two of us, and now there are 12 of us, and we hope that will continue to expand. Um, we have three beautiful daughters, and they love the Lord, and we are so thankful for that. And um, oh, just bless the Lord for that. And then um, they each married a wonderful husband, and so we have amazing son-in-laws that just adore them. And um, just a little side note, when, whenever I was pregnant, I immediately started praying 
for the future spouse of the child in my womb and praying that they would be so loved and that they would serve the Lord. And God has answered my prayers right. and we're so thankful. But better than all of that, way better, is the four grandchildren. So true. Yes. So true. And <laughs> way cheaper. I, way cheaper, too. Way cheaper. Awesome. <laughs> way easier and a lot more fun. Um, if I had known how good grandparenting was, I would have just skipped parenting all together. And if you can do that, I recommend it's it. It's kind of hard. Kind of hard. But, but uh, we just love it. We love our family. We love our grandchildren. And we hope for a lot more. So, you know, we're kind of bribing them and encouraging that. So... Our youngest just got married about a year and a half ago, so she has not yet fulfilled her duty. <laughs> you sound Amish. It's like, no, sorry. If you're, I'm just joking, <laughs> but not really. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as 32 years have gone along, I don't know about you, but I've learned some hard lessons. And the lessons I like to learn are the easy lessons. I like to listen to other people and grab onto that and just take it and run. But um, there's some things you have to learn the hard way. But I hope that um, the three things I'm going to tell you right now, would uh, you'd be able to skip the hard part and just implement them and go into strong, healthy marriages that we're talking about today. So lesson number one is um, that I learned that only God can fulfill me. Um, I need to not look to my husband or to my spouse. We can't look to our spouses or to another person to fulfill us. Only God can do that. He is the only perfect being. And once I realized that the only perfect being is God and not my spouse, which doesn't take long to realize that, right? Um, <laughs> when are you going to build me up? It's like... <laughs> Just kidding. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Um, so anyway, when you, when you right-size your expectations of your spouse and start looking for your fulfillment in God... It really helps to free up your relationship to have a little breather in it, right? And to have some grace for each other. And then lesson number two is when you're going through a conflict season, and if you've been married longer than five minutes, you will understand what I'm talking about with a conflict season. These happen to everybody. Um, what I have learned um, is what I need to do is to go into my prayer closet and shut the door by myself, just get alone with God, and ask him to help me forgive my husband, whether he thinks he needs to be forgiven or not. Um, because sometimes that happens, right? You know, if I have any feeling of offense toward my husband, whether he agrees with me or not, I need to ask the Lord to help me to forgive him. And, I, and not wait for him to ask for forgiveness, but just to do it, just to do it as a practice anytime um, we're in that conflict season. And then not leave it there, but pray the dangerous prayer. Lord, search my heart. Change me. See if there's anything in me that needs to be changed. And, you know, sometimes that's very uncomfortable and not easy to do, but it's so vital. And then often I see, aha, yeah, I have some part in this, and maybe I need to apologize. So sometimes that's what it takes to be the first one to apologize. It's not always fun, but really important for healthy, strong, God-centered marriages. And then number three is daily affection. And um, Darren gave a verse about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so um, whenever you're giving affection in meaningful touch or meaningful words, 
Um, you're, you're depositing. That's, that's spending some of your treasure on your spouse. And so a daily affection, touch, you know, meaningful touch. Not, we're not talking about the other kind of touch. Meaningful touch, just the, you know. We um, like all touch. We, we do. That's a whole nother message. Yes. Yes. That's another message. But anyway, but uh, I'm just that daily intentionality of it, making sure sometimes I have to think through, did I hug my husband today? Did I hold his hand? Um, also, not just touch, but affectionate words. Um, it's so important to daily and intentionally tell your spouse how much you love them, how great you think they are. And even during those conflict seasons, sometimes you got to dig deep, right? You're, you're like, I've got to find something nice to say right now. And um, just that practice of doing it goes such a long way to building strong, God-centered marriages. So I'm going to turn it over to Darren, and you guys just hold on to your seats because you're in for a treat. This is my favorite preacher Come in on. the whole world. Thank He's you. awesome. Um, not only because he brings the word of God to life, but because he is a godly man, full of integrity, and he lives what he preaches. So thank you. Amen. Love you. Woo! It's good stuff. Man, love what God's doing. How many believe it's okay to have fun in church, right? I don't want to be part of boring church, right? So if you like boring, um, no, I can't really see you're not welcome here, but... Uh, no, this is, New Break's fun, and I love being part of a fun church, what's happening. I love life, I love inspiration, um, in marriage, as we've talked about, and I, I want to echo what Jane said, there should be no exempt cards if you're in the service, there will be things that apply to you, and, and, uh, and just, so just, just be open to what God wants to say to you. But one of the things that I get inspired by in this area of marriage is, I love, I love either being with or looking at pictures of really old married couples, uh, for one thing, they're usually pretty funny, and, uh, but there's just something inspirational. It's kind of aspiration, aspire to be this. And uh, how many have ever been around some, have been in the presence of some really old married couples, like 50, 60 plus years? Have you ever seen the old married couples that they get, so, they've been married so long they start to look alike? Have you ever seen that? No, it's, it's true. I don't know if it's God or what happens, but it's incredible. Let me show a few pictures to you. And... Uh, how many you think they're still having fun at marriage year number 69? Look at that. Isn't that incredible? Let me show you another one. I like this one. Come on, one, two, three. Oh, isn't that sweet? I think they've been married 53 years and just love each other. I love that. Here's the next one. This is Pastor Mike and Teresa in a couple years. Uh, little ocean sand dance, right? He's got more hair than Pastor Mike. But anyways, um, that's a great shot, too. Look at that one. Come on, that just, that just looks like, oh, so special. You can t can't you tell in their faces just the genuineness of that? Um, I hope that's us at that season of our lives. I love this guy. He nailed Valentine's Day. I don't know what's in the box, but uh, she she's, sure, sure seems to be happy. Here's one more, two more. Look at this one. I don't know if she's enjoying the kiss. Look at her face. <laughs> You know, but come on, A for effort, right, guys? Maybe he needs to, like, lighten up a little bit, but he's going for it, and I really like this last one. Look close. <laughs> Look really close. So this couple was on a date night, 
And somehow she's just sitting in the car. Don't you love it? Like it's tipped over. What are you going to do? And he's sitting out there. How many love those trousers he's wearing too, right? We need some, we need some, uh, some khaki dockers like that, right? Oh, so much fun. I love it. Love, love, love all that we get to be a part of. Again, there's, um, as, as much as we said no exempt cards, there's, there's, there's hurt in the room. On this topic, there's been pain in the room. On this topic, there's been some of us that are like, man, I tried that. Oh, man, how's this message going to go? Because I failed at a marriage or, or this happened to me or I experienced this. And they're very real things that all of us or many of us have gone through. And I felt on Wednesday, I was making some notes and getting ready for the message this weekend. And I felt just like God gave me a word to share with Newbreak. It's just all of this I, th- I feel is for us. But I just want to share this short little sentence for those of us that have, have had the failure moments, because all of us probably have had these moments, but maybe you just need this word of encouragement. I just believe this. Here's, here's just a word I want to say. Failure is an event. Failure is not a person. Failure is an event. Failure is not a person. So if you've experienced failure, number one, you are in good company here this morning. But the other thing is that does not define who you are or who you will become. So even if in a relationship, one of the most important relationships of your life, marriage or family or a sibling or a parent or something, where you've you've experienced the event of failure, that does not mean that that is who you are. That your future can be bright, can be incredible, can be blessed, can be better, not because of how great we are, because of how good God is in our lives. And I love it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, famous passage of Scripture. If you've been to a wedding, you've heard this Uh, read many times, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It's not proud or it's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record. Look at this, no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Hey, who here this morning in this service, you've been married 15 years or longer? Can I see your hands? Come on. Can we celebrate with every hand that's up right there? That's awesome. Um, That's so so good. Um, Jane and I, like we mentioned, we've been married 32 years. We did get married really young. I was just, just finishing up college, and she was just a year or so out of high school. So we got married young. Incredible 32 year journey that we've been on. Full transparency, full honesty. The first, the early years of our marriage, I wasn't good at it. Wasn't good at it. Um, and I'm probably not alone. Uh, but I just, I, just, I just wasn't good at it. I can look back to just how I was. And it wasn't, it was, I was never abusive. I was never unfaithful. Never anything that dramatic. But just in the, in the context of healthy and who God wanted me to be and all of that kind of stuff, I just, needed, I just needed to get better, and I, and I learned quickly because I've always kind of been wired this way growing up in sports. When I needed to get better, I usually found a coach that would make me better and that would help me, excuse, excuse me, help me get better. So I, we had some mentors in our life. I had some mentors in my life that just helped me grow in this area. And I would just say this to all of us because maybe you're at that season that I was in my early years of marriage. Maybe you've been married a long time and you're still in a season that's really difficult. What I would say is if you are struggling, don't quit, grow. Don't quit, grow. Get better, Right? 
Just get better. Oh, pastor, that's too simple. Sorry, that's what you get this morning, right? Just get better. I mean, why complicate it? I know the process of getting better can involve a lot of different things. I get that. But, there's, but first, there's this conviction in our heart that says, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move forward in what God has for me. And again, not about the other person. It's about us just getting better. So the key question for this weekend is this, and I'll share this. I'll come back to this at the end, so I don't want you to miss it. It's in your notes. What are you willing to do for those you love the most? What are you willing to do for those you love the most? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a challenge to you at the end of this message. And, and, la, and last evening at service, earlier service today, there's people, many that have come up afterwards said, we're doing it. I'm in. I'm doing this. And I love that they're doing it. So we're going to give you a challenge, but it's going to tie into this question. What am I willing to do for those I love the most? And some of us that are a little bit more, you know, excited and passionate, we're like, well, anything. I'm willing to do anything for the people that I love the most in my life. And I'm like, thankful that you say that. And I'll also say, really? Really, just remember that you thought, oh, I'm well, you know, you thought you're willing to do anything, and I, I, I hope that's true. What am I willing to do for those that I love the most? And I want to share four marriage vows. I love the things that Jane shared, and I'm going to give, give you four marriage vows. And I, they're, they're not about when we start in our marriage. They're about how do we get healthy, walk in health, and finish strong. I'd love for us to have our pictures up on the screen one day where somebody's showing pictures of us at a season of life far into our lives where we just love our spouse or some of the family members, the most important relationships in our lives. So let me give these to you. I'll move pretty quick. Four marriage vows. The first one is this. I affirm that marriage is a sacred union. I affirm that it's a sacred union. I know this is simple again, but I put it in there because the world we live in tries to remove the word sacred. And we can't remove the word sacred. It is a union that God has placed and made available to us. Genesis 2 says this. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. It's a sacred union. Marriage has always been designed to include God. Always. Always. One of the easiest, most practical things you can do when you're in a difficult season in in a marriage or any great, important relationship is to say, God, where am I not acknowledging you in this relationship? Where am I not applying you in this relationship? Again, keywords, where am I? Not the other person, just, I always say, put the mirror up right here when we're we're doing that, when when we're thinking those kind of things. I affirm marriage is a sacred union. Here's a second vow. I affirm both me and my spouse are far from perfect. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Right? Who who here would just admit you're not perfect? Can I see your hands? Some of you should be like this right now, both hands up really, really high, right? I mean, that's just who we are, and we just, we're honest with it. Romans 3 says, for everyone has sinned, everyone. For we all, everybody say all. all. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us. Um, have you ever been part of a relationship with the other person is way farther from perfect than you are? Anybody like that? <laughs> right? How I many you know it's a little bit of perspective, isn't it, right? But sometimes that's true. Sometimes, and let me, let me speak really clearly here for a second. There's some of us this weekend that 
you're in this service, you may be watching online, and you're like, Darren, you don't understand that, that I know I'm not perfect, but this other person that's in my life is really, really in a bad way. And you heard the phrase, this phrase that, hey, I know I'm not perfect, but the scales are really, they're, they're tipped. They're tipped. Can I do two things? Let me say, yes, I acknowledge that that happens. The second thing I'll say is this. Jesus knows how you feel. Because he's loved you and I forever, and the scales are tipped. He's always been perfect, and I've always been far from perfect. And he has always loved me. Right? So even if we're in a relationship where the scales are tipped, and you're on the hard side of that, just remember the incredible gift of God's love. Let us never forget, I affirm that me and my spouse are, bo- are both far from perfect. So one act- application to this bow is I'll say to you is just throw away the scorecard. Throw away the scorecard. If you keep score, stop keeping score, throw it away. It just doesn't help. It doesn't help. You say, Pastor, how do I throw away the scorecard? Forgive the person of the hurt that they have caused and just move forward. Wait a minute, don't I need to wait for them? Jane already spoke, spoke this. Don't wait for anybody. Because when we hold on to unforgiveness, who do we hurt? Only ourselves. The biggest lie in the world is like, well, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'll show them. Half the time, they don't even know. So you're miserable, and they're at Starbucks hanging out, or what's the coffee place you like? Whatever, right? They're just, and so it just don't, don't keep score. It's just a reality. This third thing is this. I affirm physical, emotional or visual infidelity can ruin my marriage. I know this will be a quiet point. I'm okay with that. I'm still going to share it with you. I affirm physical, emotional, or visual infidelity can and often will ruin my marriage. Hebrews says give honor. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful to, the, to one another in marriage. Um, I see in culture, and I see even sometimes as Christians in, in, in church and those of us that are trying to live by God's standard, we're starting to believe or accept things that are not God's best. And, and I, don't know what it, I don't know what happens, but I, just, I see it happening. And I just want to proclaim this so that it's clear. It doesn't, I know it doesn't get talked about a lot, but it, and it's not in the spirit of condemnation. It's a spirit in cha- of challenge. If there's, a, if there's a grenade, a bomb in front of me, I want somebody to say, don't step there. Right? Amen? I don't want to walk on top of it. I want somebody to say to me, go the other way. Right? So just know that anything, any, any of these areas, physical, emotional, or visual infidelity can, can ruin my marriage. I'll make a strong statement here. Pornography in any form is 100% wrong. In any form. And I know, people, I've heard people say, well, I heard Dr. Phil say, well, I don't care what Dr. Phil says, Okay. I really don't. I mean this. God's word is Trump. Trump's the whole thing. He's not Trump. It trumps the whole thing. It's the Trump card, right? Thank you, Jesus. But anyways, sorry, I knew that was, anyways, yeah. That was not in my notes. But just know, honestly, that to protect 
to guard, to keep your, don't, don't lie. Don't listen to the lie that this little side thing won't be a problem. That little side thing can become a huge problem, and we just got to be really, really careful. So that's the third one. The fourth one is this. I affirm God can restore and renew my marriage. Somebody better say yes on that one. That's more fun. All right, here we go. I affirm God can restore and renew my marriage. Look at this scripture, Lamentations. I mean, I think it's cool I went all the way to Lamentations, right? Come on. I study the Bible. There you go. All right. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions, I love this, never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I affirm. I affirm that God can restore and renew my marriage. I call that good news, right? Good news. I affirm it. You can declare negativity and the, the opposite side, I'm not going to declare that. I'm going to tell everybody at Newbreak this morning, unapologetically, with pure confidence of heart, that if you believe that God can restore and renew, he can restore and renew. I've seen miracles. I've seen couples separated and divorced for 10, 20 plus years that God has brought them back together and restored that. And it took miracles. Can I tell you something? God still does miracles. I've, people have told me, and I get, I get frustrated with this, so, and I, tr- trust me, I'm not a really good counselor either. I'm just not good. Like, when they come to meet with me, and I just say, stop doing that. That's, that's like my, that's my counseling gift right there. And so it's, it's I, I, I wouldn't make any money either because I'd have to bill by like the 10-minute slot. But anyways, um, I, you know, people say, well, the torch has gone out. You know, my answer is the torch can be relit. Relight the thing. Well, the passion, the joy, it's gone. Well, bring it back. How do we bring it back? Trust has been eroded and faith has been eroded. Well, it can be rebuilt. God does miracles, right? God can breathe new life and new freshness. How many, how many remember a time when you were early days of love? Do you remember the young love days, anybody? I do. Man, I do. Um, we didn't tell our whole story, but Jane and I were, we got married young. And, and so when I wanted to date her, I was 20 and she was 17. I was a leader in the youth group. She was in the youth group, so I wasn't allowed to date her. I mean, that's a good standard too, right? My youth pastor told me, Darren, you got to wait a year. I did not think he was hearing from God, but I was obedient. And I so, we so wanted, I so wanted to date Jane. I so wanted to be, I really felt like, because we've been friends for a few years, we did life, you know, uh, school asse- school assemblies and, and meetings in schools, and she was an evangelist at her school, reaching people for Jesus, and we did, it just and we were, had this really good friendship, and we really wanted to date. I was the youngest of six, Jane's the oldest of three. We just had these complimentary things going on, and she is really good looking. Come on, somebody! And so we want, and so I was obedient. We didn't date for a year, but I'm gonna tell you, we went on a lot of walks. So we did. <laughs> We did a lot of walks, but we didn't, we didn't date. But there's something about that early days of love, and the, the torch can be relit. It takes decisions. It takes a process. It takes something that you've got to find inside of you, but it really can be relit. Um, real practical here. That will take us to our ending in a few moments. Um, getting ready for this message, I've done a lot of, I did a lot of research I read a bunch of case studies. I've read several books, and, and just there's a lot out there, especially upon healthy biblical marriages and strong marriages. 
And I, there's so many, so many stats and different lists I could have brought today, but we don't have the time to share, that, share all of that. But can I just give you a summary? One of the biggest summaries that jumped out at me that was crystal clear, and I just want to share it with you from just the research that I did, and it's, it's so clear as this. Here it is. Praying for your spouse and praying with your spouse has amazing, positive impact. It just does. There's other things that do as well, but there's this thing jumped out in the, the couples that prayed for each other and with each other. Their health ratio of very joyful, very healthy marriage was above 94 percentile. It's just incredible. And I could share other data that just grabbed my heart, and, that, and this is where it's taken us to the end, to the challenge that I want to share with you, because it's just incredible. Singles, by the way, even if you're not married, don't underestimate the power of prayer for the most important relationships of your life. If you're estranged from a sibling, you're estranged from a parent, there's something going on with somebody that's really important in your life, begin to pray for them. And you will see God start to unfold some things and take it in the direction of health. It's amazing. We mentioned uh, the 32 years we've been married, and honestly, we've joked and had fun with it, but we have an amazing marriage. To God be the glory, because we're, we're imperfect people. But we have an amazing marriage, so blessed. Mike, Pastor Mike mentioned we've traveled the world, taken missions teams all over the world. Jane's come with me. I mean, you know, every trip I go on is way better if she's with me. It just is. It's way better because we are together. I believe that she is my soulmate. I believe that we have incredible times together. Uh, we have incredible joy together. When I, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this. I really mean this. When I read Proverbs 31, I see my wife. That's who I, it's like, wow, the author is describing my wife. I feel that I am so blessed. And I came across this study, and I thought this, and so this, this, so I was doing all this research about six months ago, and um, here's what I realized. We have this incredibly great marriage. Let me be really clear for a second. Incredibly great. But I thought to myself, we don't pray together very often. We don't pray together very often. We pray in each other's presence at times. We pray in the same room at times. We're very faithful to our own quiet time, our own devotion time. We have been for years. And sure, when something big was going on in our life or with our kids or whatever, we'd agree together and we'd pray. But really praying for each other together, we just didn't do that very often. And here's what I thought. Our marriage is so good, and I'm such a practical person. This is what led me to what I'm about to share with you. I just thought this. I thought, what am I missing? What am I missing out on? What could it be like? Where could it go? Because it's already so awesome, but God, what else, what else do you have? And again, six to eight months ago, came to this realization, and, and, and we made this decision. And I'll share this with you in a moment. But first, I want to remind you of the question I asked you at the beginning of the message. Do you remember what it was? What are you willing to do for those you love the most? So now we're going to put some practice to this. What are you willing to do for those you love the most? And I want to share with you um, a challenge. It's called the 21-day challenge. The 21-day challenge. It has been an incredible blessing in our life. I shared this about six months ago for the first time. And when I shared it, 
Jane and I were starting it with everybody I shared it with. Now we are in that many days. We've missed less than five days in the last six months. If you miss a day, it's okay. Just pick it up. Keep moving forward. But it has been such an incredible blessing to our marriage. So I'm going to ask you, so many have already said yes this weekend. I'm going to ask you to say yes. If it's, if it's anything within your power to say yes, I know sometimes there's a, another spouse that doesn't want to or whatever, and I'm going to try to give some direction to this in a moment, but I'm going to encourage you to say yes to the 21-day challenge. And here's the deal. It's the, here's the boundaries. Pray with your spouse for the next 21 days in a row. No exceptions. Pray with your spouse. Let me give you a few boundaries here. It can be short. Doesn't have to be 90 minutes, okay? It can, I mean this. It's actually really good if as you're getting this discipline, it's just a couple minutes. And it doesn't replace your quiet time. It's just a couple minutes, okay? So all the men, like, breathe right now, okay? It's okay. You don't have to be Mr. King James and do it all, all right? 21 days, in person. So here's some other. In person, pray together. If you are traveling, pray by phone. Some of you are like, you thought you had an out. You don't have an out, okay? If you're traveling, just get on the phone and pray together those few days that you're gone. So it can be by phone when you're traveling. Let me give you some more boundaries. Texting, email, and voicemail don't count. I just lost half of you, but sorry, they don't count. They just don't. It can be a few minutes. Each of you have to pray, both of you. And I know there's some guys in the room, likely some men, they're like, hey, Darren, that's just not my flow. Well, change your flow. Find a new flow. Some of the guys, because I'm like this, I'm like, I'm way better at choosing restaurants. Anybody else like that? Well, you can still be good at choosing restaurants. Be good at this. And just say, this is what I'm going to do because look what, look what my marriage could be like. So both of us are doing it for 21 days. It's so important. And I just want to be really specific and really practical because my passion is to equip. And so I just want to, you may even want to jot this down, these few little phrases. Maybe you don't need any of this help because you're really good at it already, but I know there's some that do. So can I just share with you a few phrases? Here's, here's what I would do. Lord, I pray blessing upon my spouse today. I thank you that they are in my life. I thank you for the blessing they are to me. And I pray that you would bless our marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the other spouse, pray something like that over that person. Just a couple minutes. And watch the incredible blessing that it is to your marriage. Because there is something about hearing it come from the person you love the most or you're called to love the most. And it'll sink in and it'll do amazing things in your life. Amen, church? I want to pray for us. Jane, would you come on up here and join me, sweetheart? And then uh, Pastor Mike can take this and, and wrap it up and give you some final thoughts. Um, I just feel led. We're going to pray over, but we're not only just going to pray over the marriages in the room. We're going to just pray over all of us for our most important relationships. Would you just, if, if, would you hold hands? If you're with your spouse or somebody you love and like, would you hold hands? If you don't know the person, don't hold their hand, okay? <laughs> Seriously, because we like exciting church, not weird church, all right? So, so be free to, if you don't know them, you don't have to grab hands with them, all right? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Um, 
because you call us to a better place and you want the best for us. You want our marriages, you want the most important relationships of our life to be so incredible. So Lord, let us take steps to do that. We pray blessing over the relationships, over the marriages of New Break Church. We pray they would be an inspiration to everybody we work with, everyone that's our neighbor, everybody else in our extended family, that even New Break would be known for, wow, look at the powerful marriages and relationships that are part of that healthy church. We pray that so we say yes to the 21-day prayer challenge. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Amen. Give them a hand.